Welcome to the Times Are Changing podcast. My name is Chase. I'm joined here with Zach. We are the COO and CEO of Golden Aspect. This is a podcast about cutting edge strategies in digital and social media marketing. In today's episode, we weigh the value of different social media platforms by looking at overall value, platform demographics, paid ads, types of successful content, and ideal business fit to help you decide which platforms your brand should be most active on. Without any further ado, let's jump right in. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different social media platforms in this episode, but right off the bat, we just want to reiterate, as we've said many times, that it's absolutely critical. I hope it's clear at this point that it's critical your brand and your business has a a social media presence, and it's also critical that the social media accounts are linked properly on the website. I just want to put that out there off the bat that... If your Facebook is linked incorrectly from your business website, then you should make sure that that's working uh, because that's not a good start. (laughs) But once you've done that, uh, now it's time to uh, decide which social media platforms you're going to be most active on, which ones you're going to develop your brand on, and uh, deciding what to post, when, and where. So in this episode, we're going to go through seven or eight different platforms. We're going to explain the value that each of them provide. Uh, some of the ideal businesses for each platform and hopefully help you as a business understand specifically uh, what types of platforms are going to be best uh, best for your business to to grow on and, and to invest uh, your time on social media in. So uh, without any further ado, we're going to start things off with Facebook. To put it simply, Facebook is the granddaddy of modern social media. They have literally billions of people with accounts from all over the world. And there's so much reach on Facebook. There's so much data. There's so many people. And there's so many different types of people. So right off the bat, Facebook uh, just has a ton of value in terms of basically every single business can find a home somewhere on Facebook just because of the large diversity of different types of people that are on the platform. Yeah, so there's another huge benefit to Facebook, and that's that there's just so much potential reach on the platform, both from an organic and from an ad perspective. Obviously, one of the largest value that Facebook provides is the Facebook ads, and obviously Facebook also owns Instagram, which is what we're talking about next, but the value that Facebook ads can provide is absolutely massive. Uh, when combined with that huge reach that Facebook has because literally everyone's on it. Um, There's also another great value to Facebook, which is that it's very international. Um, And so if your business has any value outside of the United States or or another country, uh, it's a great way to reach people uh, that are outside of the country because pretty much everyone around the world is going to have a Facebook account. Facebook also gives you a lot of tools to be able to make your business really accessible on their platform. Um, The the Facebook pages system, the the four business pages, uh, allows you to have a lot of really relevant information for your business uh, right at the fingertips of any potential customers. Um, It allows your customers to interact with you through messages in a really, really intuitive way. Um, It's really just a great place to sort of have 
um, a social media storefront, if you will, for your business, uh, just because it's so well integrated. You can have so much stuff on there. Uh, You can even integrate your products from your online store to show up on your Facebook page where people can actually buy them. And that is one nice thing about Facebook as a whole is they are generally very friendly to businesses, business accounts, and like Chase said, running ads. Yeah, they definitely want your money, uh, but that's a good thing because Facebook ads are extremely powerful. Also, in terms of demographics, uh, Facebook has slowly and continues to slowly shift towards older demographics. We're generally looking at people that are over the age of 30 that are a lot more active on Facebook now. So that's another thing to keep in mind is that if you're looking for, if you're looking to reach a, a more mature audience, then then Facebook is a great place to start. Uh, and like I said, it's very business uh, business focused. Um, it's very friendly to you know creating um, business type content, and so you're going to see uh, a lot of success on Facebook for just about any business. It's just a matter of finding your niche and gaining followers that are invested in your brand. Um, and nowhere is it easier to do that than than with Facebook. Um, and specifically with the paid ad system that Facebook has. So it's definitely not free. Growing an account on Facebook is certainly not free. Um, and you shouldn't rely on the organics on Facebook because they're pretty terrible. Uh, however, the Facebook ad system is ridiculously powerful for a business. Um, it's definitely the best out there. Um, it has extraordinarily specific targeting. Uh, it's, you know, even with some of the changes that have been implemented recently, um, still, we would argue the best bang for your buck with, with any advertisement that you can run. Um, you can also even do post promotions on your posts for additional reach. Um, and those integrate really natively with the organic engagement you're already getting. So you can build off of that engagement, uh, and get your business posts really out there into the Facebook ecosystem and, and engage with people that are, in, in your same niche and interested in your product, but, but haven't interacted with your business quite yet. Um, and this is a really easy way to quickly grow your account. I'd say Facebook is one of the fastest places you can quickly grow an account, especially if you're starting off with a business, uh, regardless of size. Facebook is an easy place to start and you'll be able to grow a following on there very quickly. Facebook also has uh, a native feature when it comes to the organic side of growth that uh, isn't really as readily available on some other social media platforms like on Instagram. And that is their share post feature. Um, You might see if you're getting popular Facebook posts that people are sharing your posts uh, to all of their friends on Facebook. And if you have uh, specifically like a, a really well done video, like a really high quality video that has like some viral qualities to it. Um, If you can get a bunch of people to share that post and share that video to all of their friends and then their friends see it and they share it to their friends, uh, it's actually really easy to have a post go somewhat viral. hopping and expanding between these different circles of friends um, if the content is, you know, fits well to that sort of spread. Yeah, going viral on Facebook these days is still possible in a way that is very difficult on other platforms uh, because of that share feature, which is is very powerful. And there's a wide variety of different share options, um, but the ability to share, you know, directly to another account is is really powerful. 
Um, and in terms of just what are the ideal business fit for Facebook, uh, ideally it's it's a business with a little bit more of a mature audience, but there's absolutely no reason that every business shouldn't have a Facebook, uh, regardless of, of your primary demographic. Um, Facebook is absolutely a place people will stumble across when searching for your business. And so having a Facebook account that's updated where all of your information is relevant, where you're looking and checking for messages. Uh, we did a whole podcast on reading messages, so go check that out. But having uh, an updated Facebook page where you're posting consistently um, is something that you just have to have for every business. If you're gonna focus on one um, social media account, uh, for the wide variety of businesses there are, it's gotta be Facebook. Um, and obviously, I think we're, we're also gonna argue for Instagram. So that's gonna be the next one we're gonna talk about. Um, because Instagram obviously is owned by Facebook. It's basically the easiest way to think about it is the child of Facebook. Uh, Instagram is the younger side of Facebook. Basically, everyone that was younger on Facebook left Facebook and went to Instagram. But Instagram or Facebook already owns Instagram, so they didn't lose those those users. Um, and so there's a lot of overlap here, but there is some important differences between uh, Facebook and Instagram that that shouldn't be overlooked. Yeah, like Chase said, uh, the demographic on Instagram is generally a lot younger. Um, you're going to see a lot more people under the age of 35 spending a lot of time on Instagram. Now, because it's owned by Facebook, it does get some of those uh, trickle-down advantages like that massively significant reach um, and full integration with the Facebook ads system. Uh, when you're running Facebook ads, you can run them directly to Instagram as well. And uh, th th that's just super nice. It allows you to target both audiences of, you know, the younger side of Instagram and the older, more matured side of Facebook. I mean, it also has a lot of the similar integrated shopping features. Like I was saying earlier, uh, Facebook pages allowing you to... Uh, put your e-commerce products on your Facebook page for sale. You can do the same thing on Instagram uh, if you have an e-commerce store. So the integration between the two is really nice. I mean, you can even have your uh, Instagram stories automatically post to your Facebook stories as well. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits to Instagram too that you don't see quite as much on Facebook. And another one of those is going to be influencers. Uh, the vast majority of influencers started on Instagram and the influencer ecosystem is still, as far as I'm aware, the largest on Instagram. It's growing on other platforms all the time, but Instagram is really the king of influencers. Uh, if you have a product or service that can be promoted by somebody else, having an influencer promoted on Instagram is huge. Um, and if you're going to do that, it's also super beneficial to have your Instagram account be also up to date so that people that see that product can go to your page and understand what your business is about and have it look all legitimate and credible. So for that reason, uh, Instagram is is another super important platform to, to be active on. Again, for just about every business, there's literally no reason not to do so because there's a lot of overlap between Facebook and Instagram. You can even be posting the same types of content 
Um, but again, you just don't know, you know, there's a, there's a thin line sometimes between Instagram and Facebook users. And so there's no reason not to be, not to be active on both. Um, especially because like Zach said, you can basically post on both at the same time. There's literally integrated features where you can, I mean, again, we don't recommend this, but you can, you can basically post the same thing at the same time, just using one platform. So for that reason, uh, Facebook and Instagram, as far as we're concerned, are kind of wrapped up in a little bundle. Yeah, one other thing to, to take into account, um, and I just wanted to bring this up with Instagram, um, it, it has changed since back in the day. Like the, the standards of quality of content on Instagram have sort of been steadily increasing over the years. Uh, a lot of it is due to that rise of the influencer culture and, and people growing brands around, you know, really high quality photos of themselves and that kind of stuff. So something to keep in mind is like, it, it, when you really want to be growing your posts on Instagram, you really want to be focusing on that uh, like really visually appealing photos and videos uh, we've talked about this in a number of our other podcasts but like when somebody is scrolling through their Instagram feed chances are they're spending less than a half a second looking at any individual post until one of those posts catches their eye for whatever reason and it's your job to make sure that the post that they stop on is yours and how do you do that well you make it eye-catching you make it good to look at you make it different from all the other basic stuff that they might be seeing in their feed yeah and another thing like we mentioned most of the advertising on instagram is done through facebook um, and for that reason instagram is also a very valuable platform for that reason because uh you're going to need an instagram account to run those facebook ads on instagram and you're definitely going to want to you also can run post promotions directly through the instagram app so that's another sort of ad side of Instagram that can also be uh, very, very powerful if done correctly. Um, and like Zach said, in terms of types of content, I mean, the ideal business for Instagram is really a heavily product-based business with a, a product that's super visually appealing. You know, we're talking about cars, we're talking about uh, fancy watches, that kind of stuff. Stuff that people would like to look at normally um, is going to do really well on Instagram because it's going to catch your eye and it's going to get you to click. But again, like we said, because of how tied this is to Facebook and because of the sheer reach of Instagram, uh, there's absolutely no reason not to be posting on Instagram as well for just about every business. Uh, additionally, the Facebook, or I mean, sorry, Instagram is just starting to implement some sharing features as well. It's allowing people to share uh, posts on their own stories, which is kind of adding a sharing element to it. It's not letting posts go viral in the same way that they are on Facebook, but it is trending towards uh, a bit more virality. And so in that way, posting on Instagram can have a bit higher organic reach if you have engaged followers who are who are going to share this the type of content that you're posting. Um, and it's a great way to, to reach more people for sure. There's plenty of potential customers on Instagram for, for just about every business, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, Instagram is really, at the end of the day, like a, a really follower-focused platform, um, and, and it's a great way to build sort of a, a cohesive following around your brand and your messaging. Um, like Chase said, there's not a whole lot of other sharing features. Like, you can send a post and a direct message to somebody, but it's not going to go out to all of their followers because their followers are their followers. Um, and Instagram is largely beholden to sort of maintaining that status quo. Um, and it's a good and a bad thing, but it also means that it allows you to build that same sort of 
you know, strong, dedicated following around your brand specifically um, in a way that is a little bit more exclusive than, say, Facebook, for example. So moving on to Twitter. Now, Twitter is a really funky one, and we get asked a lot about the value of Twitter. And the best way to describe it is that Twitter is basically a huge hit or miss. So if you don't already have a decent following on Twitter, chances are the platform is not going to provide a lot of value. Uh, Twitter is a pretty well-recognized platform, and a lot of people feel like it's an important one. Um, And we'd agree that it's important to have a Twitter. It's important to be posting on there at least similar content that you're putting up on Facebook and Instagram, purely because it is a a platform that people may stumble across. Uh, However, if you don't have an established following already on Twitter, it's very difficult to grow unless you're going for virality. And going for virality on Twitter is, especially these days, uh, generally extremely political and very difficult to do so. So uh, it's very difficult to grow on Twitter these days. If you don't have an established following, growing on Twitter is, in general, more trouble than it's worth. And so that's why we would say that Twitter is is a place where if your business is not already established, you should really just use it as sort of a box to check uh, in the the event that someone does stumble across it. You should make sure all your information is updated because it is an important enough platform to do that. Uh, However, you're not going to be able to expect that same sort of reach and growth that you're going to see on Facebook and Instagram just because uh, the way Twitter works. It's very difficult to acquire followers organically and Generally, the stuff that's uh, gaining a lot of traction on Twitter is very uh, dramatized. It's very hyped up. And to get wrapped up in that hype, especially as a business, is is difficult. Like we've seen, we use this example sometimes, like Wendy's Twitter account um, was a great example of how to use Twitter effectively. But they were walking a really fine line there between, you know, making fun of different accounts um, and, and, and essentially roasting people. Uh, on you know a variety of different things the trouble is that with that to do that with a smaller business uh, it's a bit difficult it's really a platform for uh, already established brands to sort of reinforce their brand awareness but but growing as a small business on twitter is is quite difficult and it's a bit risky to be honest with you Uh, i would say that in general it's not worth the time unless you have a really good reason to do so yeah twitter's really unique sort of in the way that it thrives on sort of cultivating its own culture um, within different fields of interest. And like Chase said, a a lot of Twitter's mainstream can get uh, just really polarized and it becomes a it becomes a high stakes environment for anybody that, you know, sort of wants to throw their hat in the ring. Um, It's a dangerous game messing with Twitter, especially if you're a brand and especially if you're a brand that a lot of people don't already know and or respect so yeah like chase said use it as a box to be checked make sure your information is up to date you can go ahead and post the same things that you're posting on facebook or instagram there with with the same captions if you want to just so that there's something on your page uh but I, I would steer clear of getting too drawn into the twitter sphere unless you're really confident that what you're saying and and the route that you're taking to achieve your goals is going to be generally well received. Um, it's it's a dangerous game, and 
a lot of times uh, it, one or two wrong moves can easily do much more harm to your business than a hundred right moves could on Twitter. So just keep that in mind. You're walking on eggshells most of the time when you're on that app. So yeah, it's really just not, it's not really a business focused app. It's very focused on people and it's very focused on like the type of content on Twitter ideally to grow is like you're tweeting, you know, at least like five times a day. So in that way, it's completely different than the type of content that you'd see on any other platform. It's not nearly as visual as other types of content is. Now, if you get a really interesting, you know, video on Twitter, there is the retweet feature, which will have the potential to go viral. The problem is that stuff on Twitter generally doesn't go viral for a business for positive reasons. Um, it's much more likely that something will go viral for negative reasons. Um, and that's actually one reason why, you know, we talk about this in our other podcast, but it's important to, again, read those direct messages because Twitter is a platform that you should be active on enough so that you can at least listen to your customers. Because if you are a decent sized business, people will be tweeting about you and they may even tag your account. And that's content you're going to want to see because it, whether it's positive or negative, but especially if it's negative, uh, it's going to be really important to to listen to that feedback because uh, a lot of people will vent on Twitter, especially like, you know, if they're currently experiencing a problem, they'll be tweeting about it. Um, and getting back to them on Twitter, that can be a really useful, uh, really useful use case of Twitter is being able to respond directly back to customers on there. Um, that would probably be, you know, the most important part of Twitter, um, honestly, is being able to respond to people um, because a lot of people will use that platform to tweet negatively at your brand and you're going to want to be able to see and respond to those so that they don't go unresolved. This episode of Times Are Changing is brought to you by Golden Aspect, our company. We're a digital media and marketing agency that specializes in a one contact for everything social approach and completely integrated marketing campaigns. We emphasize high touch, strong client relationships, and fully integrated marketing approaches. Each of our marketers are proficient in every service we offer and are reachable seven days a week by text or call. This reliable communication and interaction with your business ensures that your contact will be equipped to handle anything you need, anytime you need it. If you want to learn more about what Golden Aspect can do for your business or a friend's business, please feel free to check out our website, www.goldenaspect.com. That is www.goldenaspect.com. All right, so in a complete 180 from Twitter, we are jumping over to LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is something that, uh, you know, maybe the general person might not consider a very popular social media platform, but from a business perspective, uh, it's absolutely fantastic way to grow a professionally and business-focused community around your brand, uh, surrounded by others in your industry. Um, most people on LinkedIn are business-minded, business-focused, professionally-focused. Uh, the majority of them are between 20 and 40 years old. And you have the opportunity to build an account on there to surround yourself with other people that aren't going to be caught up in the trivial stuff that uh, Twitter might be, for example. Uh, in general, people on LinkedIn are much more down to business and uh, would be very interested in any value that your page or your business can provide them on that platform. Yeah, when anyone 
opens up LinkedIn, they're going to immediately put on their business hat. They're going to become a lot more serious than they are in other platforms, a lot more conscious of their own personal perceptions, but also the perceptions of others. And so it's important to play into that. People are going to be searching for value on LinkedIn often, especially from a business sense. So uh, one thing you can do as a business um, is try to provide that value and provide that value in a very professional looking way. Uh, LinkedIn is not the place to be posting low quality stuff that you might be able to get away with on Twitter or even Facebook. Uh, it's definitely a place to be posting that higher quality content that's going to be relevant, ideally, you know, to the people in your industry. Um, this is also a place where you can share, you know, stuff that's not necessarily your business, but stuff that's relevant to your industry. Um, that's a really good way to get people to follow you on LinkedIn. If you're, you know, you can also reshare stuff on LinkedIn. It's got a, it's got a great sharing feature as well. Um, and you can use all of this stuff to build up essentially uh, a little community around your business. And you're going to have a lot of people that are following you that are in your industry. So it's going to be a bit of a different target market than, you know, say Instagram where it might be a lot more customer-based. Um, a lot of your LinkedIn following also could be people in your industry who could also honestly become um, great partners or even potential employees. So those are two important things that you'll find on LinkedIn that you might not find on other social platforms. Now, when it comes to doing any sort of paid advertising on LinkedIn, there's a couple different options. And, and LinkedIn allows you to get really, really hyper-specific in your targeting. I'm talking about like I want to advertise directly to retail workers who run checkouts at Target and you can get that specific and show it to all of those specific people uh, because all of that information is part of what builds your LinkedIn profile. Now with that said, it's expensive. Um, and is only generally a great idea in pretty specific circumstances, one of which, like Chase mentioned, is uh, running job listing ads. Um, one of the best ways to get just a flood of applications for a new uh, job posting is put it on LinkedIn and put a little bit of money behind it. Uh, most people are on LinkedIn because they're either connecting with other business related people or they're looking for a job and being able to put a little bit of money behind that and target in on on you know what your ideal employee might be is going to yield some pretty significant results we've actually done this with our own company um, and and you're gonna end up seeing a lot of applications flooding in through that door and it's gonna give you a great opportunity to filter through everybody and find somebody that's really gonna be a perfect fit for your company. Yeah, LinkedIn is definitely right now still a very underpriced platform. There's definitely a lot of organic reach still left on LinkedIn that you don't get on you know Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So it's definitely a platform that is ideal you guys are going to get sick of me saying this, but it is ideal for most businesses. And I'll tell you why. The most important reason LinkedIn is pretty much relevant to every business is that every business is in an industry and every industry is on LinkedIn somewhere. So regardless of what your product or service might be, there's going to be other people in that same industry on LinkedIn and connecting with them and putting your business out there in front of them is an excellent way to connect with them and like we said find potential employees find potential partnerships and potentially find new customers as well so linkedin especially right now because it's kind of a little bit up and coming as of recent especially i think 
COVID-19 is also having something to do with that. Uh, a lot of people are looking for jobs right now, so there's a lot of a lot of value to be found on LinkedIn right now. So definitely don't overlook that for just about any business. It's often something that people don't post on if they're posting on other platforms, but don't let LinkedIn fall away because especially right now, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of engagement to be had and a lot of value to be extracted from this platform. The next platform on our list is YouTube. So YouTube, obviously, it's only videos. So you're a bit more restricted in your ability to post, you know, any kind of content you might have. However, because it's solely video focused, there's a lot of opportunities that come with it, especially if your business is already producing high quality video content. Yes. So producing high quality videos for YouTube is is difficult. And it takes a lot of effort and it's not something that a lot of businesses have a YouTube channel where they'll use it as sort of a stockpile to post, you know, just random videos that they want to embed on their website, etc. Um, to run a successful YouTube channel, that's not the best strategy because if anyone subscribes to you on YouTube, um, they're going to be expecting, you know, videos that are worth watching. Like, you know, a 30 second minute and a half, you know, event promo or something about a product that doesn't have any anybody talking, you know, that kind of stuff isn't relevant to YouTube in general. And so what I'd recommend is that a business, if you want an account just to host, uh, you know, random videos that you have that separate from your actual YouTube account. And on that regular YouTube channel, what you should be creating in an ideal world is long form video content, stuff that's ideally 10 minutes or longer, because this is going to help the algorithm, stuff that's optimized so that it's going to show up um, as many places organically as possible. Um, and that's funny and engaging and relevant to the business. So not every business is going to fit into this model perfectly. Um, but there is a way to create this type of content for just about every business, you might just have to get a bit more creative. Um, a perfect example of a great fit with this is going to be real estate because house tours are absolutely perfect for this. You can promote your business, you can promote the house, and you're gonna get a lot of good engagement at the same time. Um, but like I said, with any with any business, there is a lot of value to be had in YouTube simply because basically 95% of all internet users have used YouTube. Um, and it's pretty much no surprise. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast right now has used YouTube before. And it's a great place to get in front of people. There's infinite many niches on YouTube. Whatever your product or business is, there's probably more videos about it than, than you can count. Um, and getting your business in there is a great opportunity as people are searching for that type of product, especially if you're providing something unique, something that's better you know, than other products out there. Um, getting that known on YouTube is awesome. Um, because you know it's just another platform with an extremely high uh, user base, extremely large user base, uh, and a lot of potential for organic reach and also for paid reach. Yeah, there is one thing that you want to watch out for when it comes to YouTube, and that is the fact that there is over 50 million content creators on YouTube right now. So while there is a lot of people that watch videos, there's also a lot of people that create videos. And certain markets can tend to be oversaturated and uh, your content might get buried, even if it's really good content, uh, through no fault of your own. It's just difficult to grow in some areas of YouTube. So one way to get around that is uh, running in-stream or uh, display ads through Google ads. 
to uh, to promote your videos and promote your page. We've personally seen a lot of success uh, with our clients and just putting a little bit of money behind uh, promoting a YouTube video in a display ad that like pops up in the recommended when people are watching other videos. Uh, it, you get a couple thousand views on your video that way and what that can actually do is if it's a good video and people are engaging with it is it, it can sort of jumpstart that video organically uh, through all of the YouTube algorithms and stuff like that. If you have a really high quality video and it's not getting any traction, you put a couple hundred bucks behind it in one of these display ads or in-stream ads, maybe it gets a good couple thousand views and uh, it starts to get some organic traction and who knows where it could go from there, it could take off. So if you're feeling buried under like the oversaturation of the YouTube video place, uh, don't be afraid to reach out and put a little money behind some of these videos, especially if you truly believe that they have the potential to uh, to grow and provide value to a lot of people. Yeah, and you can get really specific with the targeting options for this. It's it's definitely a bit of a time-consuming and a bit more expensive than maybe running Facebook ads are going to be, um, but it definitely can be valuable, especially if you are creating good content. Like you producing quality content on YouTube eventually will be recognized. That's just sort of the the golden truth to YouTube, but um, it can often take a long time for that to happen. So as a business, if you are creating great content, it is important that you at least try putting some money behind it to, to speed up that process. Um, and again, in terms of what businesses are ideal for this, like I mentioned, it's basically every business. Um, it's just a matter of creating not only quality content, but also consistent. You wanna find a video style that ideally works well with the YouTube algorithm. Like I said, it's longer form video. It's engaging for as much of that 10 plus minutes as possible. And it's also something that's repeatable. Like if you're posting once a week, you wanna be able to post a similar type of video each week. A great example of this is like a car review. So for a car dealership, you're gonna easily be able to post one car review per week. Again, this is gonna create, you know, especially if they're well constructed, this is gonna be an easy thing that people are gonna subscribe to, they're gonna be interested in, and um, it's gonna be something that you can produce consistently that's gonna keep people coming back and grow your channel at the same time. Next on the list of social media platforms is Snapchat. And you might not think that there's really any place for a business on Snapchat. Um, it's really run by a much younger demographic, ages 13 to 30 primarily. Um, but those people spend a lot of time on Snapchat. And there are opportunities to be had if you know how to take advantage of them. So one of the themes with Snapchat is uh, generally much more organic, uh, unfiltered. You're not seeing a lot of really heavily edited things from people. I mean, the whole premise of the app is just sending selfies to your friends. Um, now, if you can find a way to put a little bit of your business in that sphere in a way that makes sense. Uh, there's not a lot of other businesses doing that. So you might be surprised with the amount of traction or engagement that you gain from this. Yeah, and Snapchat is definitely geared towards those younger demographics. So if your product or service is not well suited for people in that 13 to 30 age range, 
this probably isn't a platform you should put a whole lot of effort into because creating that sort of behind the scenes organic content is a bit difficult, especially if you're going to make it relevant to these younger demographics. People see very quickly through the more superficial stuff. Um, and that's an, another way where you know, if you're going to be on Snapchat as a business, it's also a great way to look for influencers that can help you create content on Snapchat that's going to be engaging, that's going to be probably more compelling than something that you could create just alone with your business. So reaching out to influencers on the platform is a, is a great opportunity. And additionally, creating really solid story ads. So one of the best benefits that Snapchat ads provide are these story ads, which are something that's pretty underutilized, I would say, in general. It's something that a lot of people talk about, um, but it's definitely still quite valuable. And I don't know, Zach, you want to chime in a little bit more here? Yeah, we, we've done a little bit of uh, Snapchat advertising for our clients over the years. And it's it's an area where, like like Chase said, it's, it's really underutilized. There's not a lot of competition in the market for Snapchat story ads like there is on Facebook or on Instagram. So you're going to be competing with a lot less people and a lot less brands uh, to have your stuff popping up in front of people on their phones. Um, And this means that you will likely end up receiving uh, better and more engagement than you would on Facebook, for example, for the same price. It's sort of an up-and-coming ad system. It's not super popular or well-known, and there's not a lot of businesses doing it right now. So like Chase said, if, if your target demographic is in that 13 to 30 age range, if you have the capability to produce uh, more unfiltered organic content, behind-the-scenes stuff is always great. Things that are going to resonate and fit into the vibe of everybody else's Snapchat stories that your ad is sandwiched between, uh, there is a lot of potential to actually drive some some notable engagement off your ads here, just simply due to that lack of competition. Yeah, I think people are more receptive to ads, or they have less of an ad blocker on Snapchat than they might have on other platforms. And especially if there's someone in your business that's able to create this content, uh, that's a super ideal scenario. Uh, you really need someone that understands Snapchat in order to to, to do it effectively, um, but it's certainly something that can be done quite effectively. And I would say that Snapchat is also um, a quite underutilized platform, and I think there's still a lot of value to be extracted there if, if your business is a good fit with that younger demographic and you have you know something that's a really interesting product or service that you think younger people you know are generally excited by. Um, you can definitely gain some traction that way. And so Snapchat is definitely not something to overlook if you are a business targeted at younger demographics. This is definitely something to look into. And that brings us to the final platform that we're going to talk about for today, which is TikTok. Now, being completely frank with you, we haven't dug into TikTok a whole lot just yet on our side as marketers. Uh, The ads platform for the app is still being developed and... uh, Really, the only value that you're going to be able to draw from this platform as a business is if you were collaborating with the really popular influencers on the platform uh, who are creating organic content with your product or service. Think uh, clothing brands, stuff like that, something that could be integrated really easily with these uh, really popular young influencers on the platform. Yeah, TikTok's a super young platform both young in terms of demographic and young in terms of the actual platform itself. Um, It's got a bit of an interesting history. Um, I would say that, you know, we're somewhat 
um, concerned with some of the security behind TikTok. Um, there's been a lot of controversy around the platform, but that has definitely not stopped it from becoming um, a pretty major player with people ages, you know, 13 to 25. Um, I'd say it's still a very, very younger focused audience. Um, and if you do have a product or service that is targeted towards, you know, basically teenagers, um, there is a lot of potential value to be found in the organic, uh, the organic realm and the influencer realm. Um, I can say, you know, from from personal experience, there are hashtags of people who have bought things as a result of stuff they've seen on TikTok, um, and there's millions and millions of results under some of those hashtags. And so, for that reason, um, TikTok is definitely not something to overlook. However, at this time, uh, we'd recommend it's just given. I don't know. TikTok is a very difficult platform to navigate as a business. It's not well set up for a business at all. Um, it's very geared towards people, specifically influencers. Um, and the entire purpose of TikTok is to gain uh, a following around yourself. Um, and so for that reason, creating successful branded content on TikTok really heavily revolves around doing influencer collaborations. And so if your business is in the, the target demographics of TikTok, then I would highly recommend setting up some influencer collaborations with popular influencers on the platform and then seeing how that goes. Uh, as the ads platform becomes more developed, there may be a place to to uh, get more involved in TikTok. And, and as the demographics inevitably expand um, more, I think they'll progressively get a bit more older. Um, TikTok as, as a whole, as a platform, is still very much evolving. And so the the popular content that's on there right now may very well change. And so it's definitely something to to keep an eye out for. But um, TikTok is not a platform that we feel super comfortable speaking on, you know, in a detailed way, because it's not something that we've experimented with in, in large capacity. Um, and we're, you know, just aware of the controversies that surround this platform and, and the fact that there's a lot that could certainly change. And so when it comes to TikTok, if you have a business that, that you think could benefit from this, um, our strongest recommendation would be an influencer collaboration. In general, we recommend that for most businesses, it's in your best interest to attempt and build your brand on as many different social media platforms as possible. Like we went through today, each platform sort of has its own advantages, disadvantages, and target demographics. So having a clear understanding of what those demographics and advantages are to each platform and being able to take advantage of that and grow your brand on each one of these individual accounts is a great way to get in front of uh, a bunch of different types of new potential customers. So with that in mind, know your business, know your audience, and make your brand known across all all of the social platforms that it is applicable to, not just the big dogs, Facebook and Instagram. And that's where we're going to wrap things up. Make sure you follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We upload weekly episodes every Tuesday. If you're interested in reading our newsletter, please visit our website at goldenaspect.com slash times are changing. Once again, that is goldenaspect.com slash times are changing. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Times Are Changing podcast, and we'll see you all next week. If you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast, please check us out on social media, Instagram at Golden Aspect Media. If you want to learn more about what our company can do for your business, please check out our website, www.goldenaspect.com. 
We offer everything from content creation, social media account management, to digital ad marketing campaigns. Look, if you made it this far, you're obviously interested in this stuff. And are you doing it? Is your company doing it? If you're not, you really should be because you're missing out and we're here to help. So send us a message, send us an email, give us a call. We'll be here, ready to help. Take care.